0: This is how confident I am in Shane Duffy uh, being a successful Celtic. This is how confident I am. just cannot for the life of me see Shane Duffy failing at Celtic.
1: Absolutely delighted to get the big man in.
2: Shane Duffy is exactly the sort of calibre of defender that we've been trying out for.
1: A great signing for Celtic. Got him in and it's exactly what we need back here.
0: It represents probably the lowest level of gamble that Celtic can possibly afford to bring in. Shane Duffy's coming in, he just brings the standards up that wee bit higher as well. Shane Duffy, I I cannot see him for a single second being at all daunted or put off by anything he's going to come up up against in Scotland is Shane Duffy an improvement
1: on Joseph Simonovic I'll leave that up to the listeners to decide but I think we all know the answer
0: exactly now it's the ideal signing I don't see how Shane Duffy fails at Celtic absolutely delighted to get the big man in
2: 259 of the 20 Minute Tim's flagship podcast, and you all fucking know who we are. In the words of Stephen, <laughs> just before we turn the mics on, I'm your host, Jamie. I'm joined by Stephen. Yes, absolutely delighted to be here. And Martin Melly. Yes, also delighted to be here. And for the first time, guys, all season, we can begin this podcast with some good news. It's over. The pain <laughs> is The season is over. It's done. It is complete. And it was wrapped up in wonderful style this weekend. 11 men employed by Celtic Football Club took to a pitch in Edinburgh just to play out 90 minutes of association football that resulted in zero goals against Hibs. Um, And that is how I would sum up that match. As perfunctory as that, the miserable, stinking bookend, Stephen, to a season that promised so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like I say this every week now, but there there could be nothing more fitting for this season than a nothing each draw in which Celtic created a load of chances, didn't score any, and then came away with even further behind the runaway champions Rangers. But was that 25 points eventually was in the end up? Gee, I mean that's that's woeful. I remember I remember being gutted back then when Dick Advocat was the manager because he he was in a story in the paper or something like that where he, he claimed to have bumped in a load of Celtic fans in public. And it wasn't in the Brendan Rodgers way, where apparently all the Celtic fans were up and thanked him for changing Scottish football and all that. Mm. Remember remember that, for Rogers? It was quite the opposite. The Celtic fans were giving him pelters in the street and he just clamped them by chanting 21 at them. 21, 21. That was a bit of a count from Sesame Street there rather it than Dick Avocado. was Sesame Street. <laughs> was it
2: racist?
0: That, that, that was his battle though, because they had romped to the league by 21 points the season before Martin O'Neill came in. Now this is 25, guys. 25. More than 20 years on.
2: We're more than 20 years on, Stephen. It's 77 points in total. Our worst points total since John Barnes, that famous season before, um, before Martin O'Neill came in. Melly, you were on the Reaction podcast, which is something we've been doing um, this season, obviously, on Patreon. You were on the, And you made a point about when was the last time Celtic beat Hibs at Easter Road? Uh,
1: I think I said it was 2014 in the league. They haven't beat them in so long. Hibs were out of the league for a few years after all, but we beat them in the cup when Rodgers just left in the quarterfinals, I think it was, but we haven't beat them in the league for a long, long time. And again, at the weekend,
2: it's the old bogey ground. I mean, it's a bogey ground. It's a bogey season. It was, (laughs) in many ways, Stephen, as you said, we've had so many things happen this season where we've went, aye, that that sums up Celtic's season. But but I honestly think we've been far too kind with a lot of that. I've heard a lot of people say, ah, well, that game pretty much summed up Celtic season. Nah, nah. That game was nowhere near as bad as this whole entire season has been for Celtic. I mean, how would you simulate this season in 90 minutes? You would kick off with so much promise and then after about 10 minutes, you'd get terrible, absolutely worse, concede two goals within about half an hour and then just before half time, completely chuck it and throw on the reserves that's probably how you could culminate this season in one match.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, this, this game, I had a load of things that, things I noticed about this game were that we've we've talked a lot about how the confidence of this team is just completely broken and has been for a long time. And we've also had the discussion that basically the club as a whole from top to bottom just basically chucked it months ago. But I, what I've noticed about this game, this Hibs game is that another load of chances created, another load of chances created, but... I feel like the easier the chance, the more nervous these players get. So everyone's perfectly happy scalping one for 40 yards because there's very there's diminished responsibility there. If you hit mm. a shot for 40 yards, it's kind of like, ah, oh, well, it's worth a go, eh? Worth a dig. Even though there's very little chance it's going to go in. But there was one with Elianoussi and I thought, oh, well, that's happened so much this season. He was clean through and it was like a wee stutter step. He took a crap touch and all of a sudden the keeper had just converged on him and, and snuffed it out. I thought, well, that, that's been happening so much recently. But is it nerves Melly, when
2: things don't matter, or st- is it is it nerves or is it? I'm you know I'm inclined to think now it's no nerves. I might as well try something else because there's no there's no pressure, there's no impetus to actually perform well. I mean that game was, it was almost Hibbs. Oh, I don't I don't want to say reserves that's been unkind, but it was a hip second string. Yeah, I don't know if it's nerves. I think it's just the sort of
1: culmination of the season when players aren't playing well. It just feeds into everything. You second guess everything. There's not a player in Celtic's squad right now you can go he's bang on form he's banging them in like, every player like odds edward during the week against st johnson an absolute peachy goal great touch and finish then at the weekend he just looks like a completely different player who can't hit anything it's just mm. it's, the whole season just feeds into it everybody's scared because the, at the back we think we're going to concede up front we're worried because we, we're missing all these chances and it just plays into the feeds into the whole squad and they've just been abject and again it was just one of those games that look lad, let's just get it out of the way and it was pretty, it was very disappointing again but especially after the St. Johnson game where Celtic play, played pretty well then they went and changed
2: the team again it's just infuriating all round 17 chances in that game 9 shots on target ended 0-0 there was a lot obviously made of Scott Brown's final game against St. Johnson we, we dedicated our live preview show to that if you want to go and check that out It's on our YouTube channel, so just search 20 Minute Tims on YouTube. You'll see the video there, and it's pretty much us three and the listeners and the patrons all discussing Scott Scott Brown's career, his final game, and our thoughts on his contribution to Celtic. We've covered that on that. We covered it, Stephen, on the flagship podcast. I think it would be stretching the old content a little thin (laughs) to dedicate yet another third or fourth podcast to the end of Scott Brown's Celtic career. But I think it's probably worth discussing, don't you think? There might be another couple of players coming to the end of their Celtic careers
0: um, that played against Hibs. Well, this is where the party kicks in. This is a party atmosphere, mm-hmm. guys. This is we came here announcing good news, good news that the season's over, but even better news that some of these players are gone. They're out you of mean a life John Joe Kenny. <laughs> oh, by <laughs> the way, it's funny you should mention John Joe Kenny. Just uh, apropos of nothing here. Just today, before we sat down to record this, I know what you're going to say. We were contacted contacted <laughs> yes. by an Everton blog. Um, I can't, so I can't remember the name of it please forgive me Mar-Z if you're Blues, listening Mersey Blues I think yeah, I think you're right actually it seems legit they've got over 20,000 followers and all that so it's a, it's a proper Everton fan blog thing and they, they contacted us to fill in a questionnaire on they're, they're doing a thing oh, wow. about their loan players that are out uh, filling a questionnaire on John Joe Kenny and I was just like look mate pre-warning here I will do it we'll happily do it we'll probably fight <laughs> over that Melly's clearing his schedule as, as we speak here but it will not go how you wanted to go, and the guy was like, "I, I can." I gathered from some of the Twitter stuff that he's not doing particularly well up there. I am like, "No."
1: I was saying this on the reaction at the weekend with Tom. Like, yes, Shane Duffy has been a disaster. He's had some horrendous mistakes in there, but I have never seen a player like John Joe Kenny come in, and for the sort of pedigree he's played in Germany, he's played in English top flight to come in. And one of the one of the questions on it was what are his strengths, weaknesses? I'm like, well, I can't see any strengths whatsoever. And that's me being blatantly honest. I, I can't see anything that that guy done. And what he's been here since January, so that's a lot of games. He's played in every game possible, and he's been terrible in nearly every single one. And I don't mean, like, just a throwaway terrible. He has been terrible. Nothing good about him. Nothing good going forward. Nothing good at the back. He's just... Honestly, one of the worst players I've ever seen at Celtic, and we have seen some absolute dross over the years, you can go back and name them all, but John Joe Kenny will firmly be my right back in the worst Celtic team I have ever seen. He is absolutely shocking, an absolutely gutless player that I cannot believe is a professional, I, don't, I can't see where he's going to go next.
0: Well, if his intention was to come up here and make history, then <laughs> mission accomplished, for SPC. Oh, he is now Melly's least favourite Celtic player of all time. So that's that's something that's something he'd put on the C V. The, the issue with John Joe Kenny is,
2: right, he's almost to me looked like a player who we've loaned who's played his whole career at say centre mid, and we've just forced him to play right back. He, he, because he's as you see, he's so good. He has he seems to have none of the attributes are required to be a professional footballer playing at right back. He doesn't have a trick. He's not particularly pacey. He can't take a man on. He can't defend and he can't cross. So you're looking at this going, Are you are you sure you're a right back? Have we signed the wrong guy? Have we made a mistake somewhere hmm. along the lines? I will be very, very glad to see the back of John Joe Kenny. And it's just indicative of the way the season has gone with John Joe Kenny. He's, we sold Frimpong because we got a right good offer in for him. And we must have spent, you made the point a couple of weeks ago, Stephen just filtered available players by distance and he was the closest guy we could get him up the road sooner than we could any other right back because we obviously put no homework into John Joe Kenny
0: remember Neil Leonard was talking about how the attributes he he, he admired in John Joe Kenny and all that pish as well absolutely I mean God knows knows what those are under weaknesses you've put football that's just your job isn't it
2: (laughs) We can't even shoehorn in the office joke, which would be <laughs> under strengths you've put accounts. We can't even say under strengths you've put football no. because he's terrible at that.
0: Remember that time Celtic actually did sign the wrong player. Remember there were massive—well, they didn't, but there were massive racial undertones of that. Remember they signed the wrong Bangura.
2: <laughs> yes, there, there was. Yes, yeah, supposedly there was two Banguras yeah. um, at the at this the same club, but we actually scored the one with the better. We actually signed the one with the better scoring record at that point. I'm more really concerned, you know, John Joe Kenny can go with our best wishes, um, never darken our door again. (laughs) I'm more concerned though, about the likes of Edward Ayer, I think we'll probably see the last of him, Ellie Nussi, probably seen the last of him, Christie, but I think a bit of a wild card is, um, is is Callum McGregor. Now, I heard Callum McGregor get interviewed post-match, and they were asking him about being Celtic captain next season, and taking on the mantle for Scott Brown, and helping with the rebuild, and he was very non-committal, now, I'm not saying he's definitely going anywhere, but he seemed like a player who was maybe keeping his options open. And he's someone that's been linked with a move away before in the past, Callum McGregor. And I think, I'm sure Brendan Rogers' season he was perhaps linked with a move away. Last season, he was linked with a move away. Callum McGregor's done an awful lot for Celtic. Would you be surprised, Melly, if he was perhaps looking for a move in the summer? Because, you know, this end-of-an-era stuff that we're all talking about, end-of-an-era, big rebuild it doesn't just apply to us fans. There might be some players who've been at Celtic for a long time thinking, well, if there's a great exodus, I can kind of go and I won't really get the backlash that I would have maybe get got if I'd went myself.
1: Yeah, I think Cal McGregor for his own career will probably think, "Look, I should probably go now. I've been in Scotland so long, been there, done that, and what well, going to captain Celtic? Yes, will be an honour. But he probably sees guys like Armstrong go down and enhance his career. But at the same time, I'm looking at Cal McGregor I'm like, "Where are you going to go, mate? Because for all Cal McGregor is a really good player for Celtic, I don't think he's going to be a really good player." in England for MD he's not quite got the strengths of Stuart Armstrong or those types of players and I I do love Callum McGregor but what is he maybe 27 28 now Mm. looking if the one he's been linked with most is Leicester he's not getting anywhere near their midfield they've got a lot better players a lot younger players so I think Callum McGregor probably will want to go but I just don't know if MD will come in for him and Callum McGregor again when he's when you see players that want to go down south and that, and look, that's fine if he wants to do that. But you have to dominate games up here. You have to stand out. And then when it gets to European games, you have to dominate them and look a class above. I don't think he's ever dominated or looked a class above in any game for Celtic in Europe. And quite simply this season, he's been below par for
0: his standards. So I just don't see him go- any big clubs coming in for him, to be honest. Oh, there's no shame in the Leicester thing, but I do agree that that's over. That door's closed for him. I mean, I can see them signing them, but the Leicester midfield just now is arguably, if not the second, maybe the third best midfield in England just now, behind Man City and maybe Liverpool. In pro- fact, they probably are the second best just now. Look at that goal. Taylorman scored in the weekend there. That, those are the guys you're trying to oust from that midfield just now, and I think that's, that's absolutely beyond them. They could maybe take him on as you know, somebody to have around. I'm sure Callum McGregor's a cracking player to have around, but the fact is he's significantly older than guys like Telemans and Ndidi and all that. So, so I just, I don't see that being a, a move that's still open for him.
2: It will be interesting in the summer just to, you know, when we when we kick off that first game of the season and we have a look at the team to see who's going to be there. And obviously this is something that we're covering as part of Project Rebuild, which is a, a series of feature podcasts. If you check out our pinned tweet, all the information for Project Rebuild is there. Um, there's also a trailer in this, podcast feed that you listen to or you can check out patreon.com slash 20 minute tims we sort of saw him barkis return to the fold for these couple of games as well again never really had a great deal to do had a decent save melly wasn't the saint johnston game he had a decent sort of save against hibbs but it's another Mm. one
1: where you're thinking let's see what he's all about saint johnston and hibbs have been two of the better teams in the this woeful league this year but We didn't get to see anything from them. St. Johnson, that was their sort of second biggest game of the week and it was Hibb's second biggest game of the week, so they rotated a bit. And again, you're coming out of these games two clean sheets, but what did we learn from it in a Barca sense? Because he didn't have anything to do. What he did, he was all right, but he barely had a touch. And just one of those ones that you're sort of in limbo with him does a new manager come in and give him a chance or is it best for Celtic to sort of cut their losses if MD wants them? It's going to be a difficult one. It's another position where you go, I'm not sure about Barkas, but if you were saying in the summer to me, do you want to give him another shot or do you want to bring in another keeper? I'd probably say I want in a new keeper.
2: Mm. It's, a, it's a tough one for Barkas, isn't it, because he's signed a big contract and I'm sort of the opposite familiar. I'd, I'd be inclined to give Barkas another crack at it. I'd, I don't. I think he's less likely to leave than anyone else. You know the the odds and Edwards and the Ayers and all that. I think we might still have Barca next season.
0: Probably. It will just depend what his um, what his popularity is like back in Greece or or elsewhere. I, I really don't know. I know there was a little bit of chat that if you remember the Greek uh, journalist we had on ages ago, right? At the very start of the season. Actually, I saw he was tweeting about how. Celtic are probably looking to replace Barkas or Mm. certainly in the market for a goalkeeper. So whether he knows something that we don't and plans are afoot to get him back up the road, I don't know. I would be disappointed to lose Barkas... Not because I'm bowled over by how great a keeper he is, but just I would just regret this season for him because it just hasn't no worked out. I don't know, mm-hmm. still don't know if he's a good keeper or not. I, I haven't been able to make that judgment. I know a lot of people have basically just written him off. I'm not going to argue with that. I, I've not got a leg to stand on when it comes to defending Barkas. He, he's he's not been great, but he's hardly played in the second half of the season. And I would it would just be one of those sources of regret that we never really got to properly make our minds up about him. That said. All that I've just said there about Barcast, that applies to Klamala and I didn't care. I was I said that look, just because we've not had the chance to make up our minds about him doesn't mean the staff haven't. You know yeah. they, they they see him all the time. They see Klamala in training. They bring him off the bench, and they've decided that it's worth cutting the losses with Clamala. So they, it might be the they, same do you see the with Bar- thing about as well.
2: wages. Do you see what he's, no. getting that really, he's getting paid? What's it called? Um, New York City or whatever team he went to? Red? Bull, did go yeah. Red Bulls or did they go to City?
0: Red Bull, Red I think it was, yeah.
2: <laughs> he's getting 800 grand a year. He's on 16k yeah. a week at Red. <laughs> if Red Bulls. He would have been on about three or four at Celtic. He's, I yeah. think he's five times these wages, whatever the whatever the, the name for Dane that is, <laughs> winning the lottery. And he's, yeah. So no wonder he went. Um, Hibs, I've got uh, a decent keeper, Marciano. He's out of contract in the summer, Melly. Do you think he'd be one worth looking at? Mm, nah, to be honest. There's another one where he, he's
1: looked all right when I've seen him, but again if Celtic are going to sign a player from the, the league, they have to stand out and do something a bit spectacular and look like they're better than what we've got. And again, it's just going to be another guy that you will look to replace in a year from now.
2: He's not going to be a standout. He's of course, a Neil just, Lennon signer, wasn't he? Is he not a do do dah Neil Lennon, <laughs> Lennon signer? Exactly what
0: I was about to say. <laughs> there. Like, oh, do-do? will be walking into Celtic Park this summer. <laughs> yeah. like, All right, guys, what's happening? And then realise Neil Lennon's not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. We discussed Melly on
2: the previous show as well, although we didn't get to see a full 90 minutes of him. Uh, Nesbitt didn't play at all, but, but Doig, Celtic, the mark, market for a left-back, another one, he's been rumoured to be leaving Hibs in the summer. I think the, the fee and the the news in the past week or so was around about a million quid if, if somebody wanted to come in and sign Doig. Yeah, I think if Doig, he's 18, he's one of those guys you think,
1: look, 18, he's got a lot to learn, but there's already a lot there that he's got, and he's probably better than Greg Taylor, to be honest. Um I'm trying to get the balance between signing players from the our league who are good enough and just thinking about how many players we actually need. So it might be an yeah. idea to get some guarantees in there. And I think Josh Joy could probably be a bit of a guarantee. He's, we've seen he's had a good season with Hibs. Not being in the best anytime time I've seen him against Celtic. So again, I need to judge him on that. But I think there's plenty for him to learn, plenty for him to do. And as I say, it's, it's quite an easy one for Celtic. And as Stephen always says, if we're going to sign these guys, it should be through the filter of Celtic. Then they move on after that. And at 18, Josh Doig is perfect for that.
0: Uh, with trying to judge the suitability of these players to Celtic, uh, there's a lot of factors involved. And in, one is, can we do better? You know, and it's like, are we just simply taking a look at how crap Celtic have been this season, looking across the road or across the the country to Hibs and thinking, well, you know, Doig's better than Greg Taylor, Marciano's better than Barkas, Nesbitt's better than a Yes, I'd, I'd probably agree with all of those things, but are they going to push Celtic to the next level? I don't know. I don't know. But at the same See, time, that's I do the problem agree with we're
1: in, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah, we're, we're absolutely soaked down by this lack of <laughs> any sort of scouting and recruitment that we're thinking. We kind of know he's good, so the club can't really fuck this one up. If they sign him, he might See, be. I was should...
2: thinking about this as well, Melly, when you said he's better than Greg Taylor. I'm like, aye, but he's not anywhere near as good as who we've had previously. Yeah, so that's what, the problem what it, it's quite It's like a slight of hand the club can do. What they do is they, they have someone great and then they bring in someone absolutely terrible, and then you just accept, you just accept as long <laughs> as the next guy that comes in is better than whoever was terrible. So we're going to get a you know, take right back for example. Our right back probably won't be as good as Frimpong, but it'll be better than John Joe Kenny. And everybody will be like, of oh, God. well, he's an improvement in John Joe Kenny.
0: How are you saying Celtic are doing to us the the famous Donald Trump art of the deal thing? Make an <laughs> offer to someone that's so ridiculous that the other offer, the counter offer, will seem appealing in yes. comparison to it. So they're, say, they're saying, Here, here's bolly, ball and goalie," and we're all absolutely appalled by it. And they, go, they just slip in Josh Doig, like, wow. <laughs> that, that's a cracking that's an yeah, cracking move Suddenly, yeah. starts to look a bit yeah.
2: more appealing yeah. it, I mean it all really depends I would just when I said to you in the previous show Melly, that I was a bit nervous that Celtic have been like with anyone at the moment really um, without a manager and say I honestly thought it would be today I thought it would be in the next couple of days and you know there's been rumours and rumblings and even the stuff for the club they want to get the season tickets sold so you're thinking there's got to be a manager sometime soon TalkSport reported last week that one of their sources says it's pretty much it's a done deal, but they're waiting to see what happens with um, Bournemouth's promotion push. They're, they're involved in the playoffs, and there's guys for Bournemouth that we want to bring up to Celtic. But it's it should have been the day. It should have been. To, Rangers won the league, and we'll talk about that, and everything that happened at the weekend. You wipe all that off the back page by bringing in Eddie Howe today. And, you know, people like... Other reports close to the thing that are in the press, Stephen, have said you know Eddie House made it clear he's not taking a job to the summer. I but he might have said that when he didn't have any job offers. <laughs> I, I I don't no. really understand why we are being leveraged against Eddie House's desire to just spend some more time at home. If he's got some box sets, he's working through.
0: Uh, he, you know, it, he's we probably were all started stuff fucking twenty four and said, so "Don <laughs> McKay's like, oh, Mate, there's twenty four
2: episodes in a season. He's like, I need to finish it. I need to see what happens to Jack Bauer. But it's um. It's. I don't underst- I have completely don't understand it anymore. I really don't. If he's more or less agreed to be Celtic manager, right, and that agreement has taken place in the last week or so, what what's going on? Just get him up here, get him out so we can all be a bit more positive <laughs> about things.
0: I'm so utterly exhausted of seeing. The words stock exchange and the time two thirty as well. <laughs> I feel like every day tomorrow is going to be announced at two thirty. Uh, that Eddie Howe is the the, the manager. I've I've no idea. I've never known really of anything that has been so certain yet
2: so never
0: never announced. It. It's like yeah. everyone is absolutely dead sure that this is going to happen, but we are in what week? Seven maybe mm. of this being an imminent announcement. Eddie Howe's a done deal. It went even further this week that, as you said, Talksport and various other outlets were reporting that it was about to be announced. It's still nothing. Still absolute silence. I can't, I, I would I'd love to know if this if this has ever happened anywhere else. We've seen in the past managers announced in advance. Do you remember Alex McLeish was still the Rangers manager when basically everybody knew Paula Gwen was going to take over yeah. there. Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard had been announced well in advance as well, but have you ever seen anything like this where it's everybody knows it's about to happen on the verge of happening, but there's been no official word anywhere at all and it has dragged on for the better part of two months. I've, I've and, honestly and never best experienced it. The thing that can happen
2: is the old TMT curse. Every time we come on and we make a podcast like this, the very next day the manager gets announced. And if that happens, by the way, we will have a reaction on the Patreon to the announcement of Celtic's new manager. But its I just don't understand. I I genuinely cannot think for the life of me why this is not being announced yet. Why why we're being... uh, So say say the prospect is right, we're holding off because Mr X has got a contract with Bournemouth and he wants to wait until he des- he sees what's happening with Bournemouth before he makes his mind up on Celtic or he wants to give his full focus to Bournemouth before he signs on the dotted line with Celtic. Right, fine. How does that affect Eddie Howe? Is Eddie Howe saying, well, if that guy decides to stay with Bournemouth, I'm not coming to Celtic. Celtic can't even run a business like that. No. No, I don't think, I
1: think it'll be the latter, what you said, that the whoever he's wanting to bring a, uh, with them will be wanting to concentrate on Bournemouth and that's fine Like Celtic are in a shit show this season it's no Bournemouth much fault.
2: how difficult is it for somebody to say yeah I'll come to Celtic though that, I mean that's it's, really it's all we're not, asking the guy
1: but it's it's the whole thing just because of this season it's been such a a terrible season we want this sorted now and it doesn't really work like that all the time and it, that's Celtic's fault they deserve everything they get after this season but I think it will just be a case of get this I thought it'd be I'm starting to lose patience a bit as well. If it doesn't happen this week, I will really start to lose patience because all the excuses are pretty much gone now. The season's over. What else can be happening here? It has to be happening this this week for me. Within the next week, Celtic need a new manager in because I've said I've been calm, I've been patient, but now the season's over. We need to start getting things in motion now. And look, you can't be going into nearly June without having put in season tickets on sale. It's utterly
0: shambolic. I imagine well, Bournemouth are playing tonight. Idea how? <laughs> I imagine. It. I mean, where would Celtic be if it isn't to her Honestly, because I've not even been linked to anyone else apart from Roy Keane about ten weeks ago. It seems like, but uh, Bournemouth are playing tonight, so we might, we might know a wee bit more soon. There in the the playoff semi final, is it um, against Brentford? Part of me would actually like to see Brentford go up just to see Ivan Tony inevitably score about eighteen or nineteen <laughs> goals in the Premier League next season. <laughs> Further rubbing that in, we'll never hear the end of that.
2: Never ever, he's, no, I, we'll, I mean, I'm surprised, it. It, I'm surprised it's been so quiet, we'll never hear, maybe we could go back in, in for him, you know, another, whatever it would cost <laughs> us now, 30, 40 million to try and get him up. Like, and I suppose the, the another reason the season tickets have been delayed as well is because they need to work out this added value thing, this extra value, if, <gasps> if they were going to call it, people are apoplectic about this, and, yeah. and rightly so, you know. Everyone's got their own... Look, it's your own money. You do whatever you want with it, right? And everyone's got their own personal preference about what they do with their money. I bought my season ticket, as I always do, and I kind of bought it expecting the worst being not seeing any football. And when I was told yeah. about the added value or extra value stuff, I really wasn't sure what that would shape that would take. You know, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but the club did promise me something. So they need to come up with something. otherwise. other way, obviously, they're giving all their fans... Um, three season tickets which I don't think Celtic could possibly do I had to be like Motherwell sold somewhere in the region of 3,000 season books um, they would hope to probably recoup that in goodwill by another 3,000 yeah. people who buy them or people who want to buy other season tickets to support the club it's an entirely different enterprise but they need to resolve this don't they Stephen the club need to come up with some sort of And there was a supporters meeting recently which incidentally the supporters meeting was called at very very short notice which is yeah. unlike these things. Usually they're called uh, a couple of weeks in advance. Apparently this one was only called, this fans forum was called a, a couple of days in advance, which also leads me to believe that, that Celtic are working on something manager related in the next couple of days. But they called this fans forum, by all accounts, um, people weren't really given anything concrete. That didn't look like the club had any ideas. They need to give people something on this added value, don't they, Stephen? And what does it, what does it look like to you? Is it a discounted season ticket? Is it... A, a card to get you discount at the, the shop. Is it money back? Is it shares? What does it? What does extra value look like to you?
0: To be honest any and all of that or, you know, whatever. The The fact is they need to just get this done and get it over mm. with and get it finished, get the matters closed. It's like this. It's like the January review now as well. It, it just yes. it dragged on and on and on. And people kept going, where's this January review? And they didn't have a clue what they were doing. They just said it. They just threw it mm. out there. It's a discussion we've had a number of times about this added value thing. They have to, whatever it is, decide what the hell it is and say, either we've already had it or we're going to get it. And I don't mm. care what it is now. They just need to close off this additional sorry episode in this season. Just close the subject, whatever it is, because it could mean quite literally anything and also nothing really as well, because we've had the discussion about how the past of paradise probably contained what they would consider added value. Mm. They probably think Gordon Strachan's brilliant, right? So we'll just go throw this at them. Connie McLaughlin, all these people fine right but they have probably thought, mean,
2: all, to be a dick advocate here all these people have been paid you know the yeah, past the uh, paradise was a different product from celtic tv ah, yeah. and, and uh, essentially it was a different product
0: yeah exactly so that's that's probably what they think the added value is and it's been latched on and people are out for blood now people are out, probably wanting free season tickets motherwell have, <laughs> motherwell have rolled a grenade in there absolutely clean shirts aren't they? absolutely <laughs> clean shirts that they are right?
2: motherwell yeah. app, teachers pets Goodie two shoes. I mean, it was a brilliant. It was joking aside. It's a a, it's a brilliant gesture from Motherwell to give other fans a a free season ticket. But it's just I it's I just if Celtic pulled that off, it would be extraordinary. I just don't. I'm doing the maths (sighs) in my head. I just don't think Celtic could ever
0: afford to do (laughs) that. No, no chance. And that would we we often make this joke right. We talk about how like any any slight tiny tiny bump in the the revenue and the turnover, and we're like, oh, we can't afford the right back now. Oh, we, we we sold three fewer pies this week. Can't afford the right back. But if we if we all took three season tickets, what would the transfer kitty look like for next season? So we better be careful what we wish for there. But it's got to be something, just gives anything, whatever, rate right? a voucher for something, five percent off in the, in the <laughs> store for all I can. You're doing
2: that with the deal again. You're doing <laughs> the that they're Donald Trump, team. <laughs> they're doing it with the right backs, they're doing it with the left backs, and they're doing it with this added value. They're waiting till they get everyone's get so pissed off, they're going to give you a voucher for a free pie in a ball roll at the first home game. And you're like, ah,
0: thank God. Aye. Basically, I, I would take that just to just have people shut up about this added value you know I just want the subject closed I just give us anything or Melvin, or give, give us nothing value. and tell us to be happy about it yeah right, tell us to shut up about uh, it Melvin
2: what does added value look like to you? I'm struggling to care anymore I, I just want
1: a manager I want things sorted and see if Celtic <laughs> had sorted themselves out I don't think it'd be a, as big a deal but the fact that the club have been a shambles on and off the pitch the lack of communication the, treating us like not even customers anymore because at least you're the customers. The your customer's always is right. Sort, exactly. But they've <laughs> just went, the customer can't even speak to the now. So just don't look at Twitter and we'll be fine. But everybody's baying for blood, as you said, and rightly so. They said, we'll give you something they've not delivered. Celtic really, really need to deliver with this management and a sort of plan going forward because we've asked for some sort of communication. We've had wee bits here and there. But we always come away from it saying, that told us absolutely nothing. Mm. Added value, what we're getting? Nothing. January review, what did we get? Pretty much nothing. Don McKay coming out with the fans forum, are we any better off or worse off after hearing what he had to say? No, so we need to hear something and we need to get things going quickly. With the added value thing, see if they got Eddie Howe and whatever they need and say we're going to go and back him in the transfer market. I'd be happy with that they've just beat me down so low that I'm just happy to take anything now it's again they're <laughs> out of the deal. they are
0: okay, the absolute I,
2: masters Celtic they've absolutely they've absolutely trumped us here with, with this it's, uh, so aye so there's a, there's a there's, there is a a long long list what's that there's a I've got a to-do list longer than a fucking Leonard Cohen song that line from the <laughs> that line from the thick of it that's like what it, aye. That, aye, that's what Don McKay's got here Let's talk more positively about something, right? Let's talk more positively about something. The Celtic Player of the Year Awards was announced. Um, It was put to a vote, fans voted for it. David Turnbull scooped both awards. Let's be real though, Chris Ayers are Player of the Year, isn't he? I mean, David Turnbull might be the people's champion here. Uh, but that that award really belongs to Christopher Ayer and young player of the year is is David Turnbull. That's that's the like way it goes He get it.
1: players player of the year, didn't he? Yeah, quite
0: often the more yes. telling Chris one Iyer is the players Chris Ayer did get his one, teammates
2: yeah. player of the year. And, uh, yeah. Aye, come on, let's be real. Aye,
0: Ayer's um, definitely in with a shout of it. Ayer has been there, for better or worse, he's been there for all of it. He's played mm-hmm. you know, pretty much every game this season, as far as I can remember. Turnbull... I don't think it's, it's not that controversial because see if he'd come in and played 12 games and you voted player of the year, I might have thought, oh, fans are at it here. They're basically just showing their disdain for this season. They've voted a guy who barely played. But in fairness, Turnbull eventually, I know he didn't come into the team straight away, but he eventually played over 30 games. He played over 30 games and scored nine or 10 goals for Celtic. Hmm. So it's not that controversial that he was player of the year. We've seen it before with Roy, um, Robbie Keane, rather. Having won it for the second half of the season because he was brilliant, Thunbo played more than that and might not have had the same contribution as Robbie Keane, but he definitely was a bright spark in this you know, turgid season. So speaking of I've sparks, not a though, Stephen, it. to be fair, because
2: you've just uh, you've lined up a joke I was going to make. To be fair to Christopher Iyer, though, he played a lot of his games beside Shane Duffy, which is the equivalent <laughs> of being handed a lit firework and you have no idea when it's about to go off. I mean, how do you how do you keep yourself? composed when you've got that guy beside you waiting for the next shenanigan to take place you know that would have definitely affected Christopher Ayer's performance
1: I think Ayer has been decent but again it's just it's Celtic all over this season has he been the best player or has he been the least bad player right
0: well that's the question you've got
1: to answer and when you're looking at it again what Christopher (sighs) Ayer what's he 23-24 and we've got him in a back line with Stephen Welsh, Scott Bain behind him, and two utterly dreadful fullbacks. And go, here, mate, see how you're only 23, 24? You're a senior player in there. Yeah. You sort all this out. It's just absolutely disastrous to think going into this season how Celtic were going for ten up your momentous, historic season. And look at the back line we've ended up. The back five, whether it be Barca or Bain, you've got no confidence whatsoever. Taylor or Laxalt, no confidence. The right back, Kenny, I've already said how bad he is. And you've got a young guy, Stephen Welsh, who prior to the season had started one game. And we are telling Christopher you go in and sort that out, mate. It's been a tough task for him. But he has been the best player back there. And I think he will go on to have a decent career. But Celtic have just let him down as well. And look, he's let Celtic down a good few times, but just not as much as MDL's.
2: And see for yeah. the last time, I don't want to have to tell him this again. For the last time, Christopher Ayer, and I'm sorry, uh, you know, I'm sorry, the trigger warning, um, trigger warning for for everyone out there. Christopher Ayer's a centre half. Full stop. Ugh. He's not He's not a defensive midfielder. He's not a midfielder. Some of the things we get tweeted, he'd be better at central midfielder. Be Why are we playing a central midfielder at, at centre half? He's not a central midfielder. He's a centre half. He's no right back. He's a centre half. He's not a defensive midfielder. He's a centre half. Christopher Ayer, Stephen, for the, for the last time on this podcast, is a centre half, isn't he?
0: You look, look. You can have an opinion on whether he's suited to centre half or whether he is indeed either a good or bad centre half. But yes, he is definitely a centre half. He's not kicked a ball in midfield since he was about sixteen. I, I don't know. It's one of those things that I feel has just been latched onto. John Kennedy's a defensive coach. Lee mm. Griffiths is the best striker in the country. You know all this. All the all these things that people just latch onto and just refuse to let go of. He's definitely a centre-half. He plays there all the time for Celtic. He's been there for about four seasons for Celtic. He played there for Komarnuk. He plays for Norway at centre-half. That's definitely what he is. That Some of the best defenders of all time converted to centre-half from something else and it never really follows them around to the extent that it does with with Christopher Ayer. Now, that's maybe a failing on his part. If he was Rio Ferdinand, if he was Fabio Cannavaro, if he was someone else who had played in midfield and been moved back, maybe... People would shut up about it and think, well, he's a brilliant centre half, maybe. But the fact is, there's just no point in latching onto this this flimsy logic anymore. He's a centre half. You can think he's a bad centre half, fine. But he's never a midfielder. He
2: was he was definitely he was definitely my player of the year, but I can understand Melly as you say, David Turnbull winning least bad player of the year, uh, 2021. <laughs> um, look, I forgot how much and I'm just gonna come out with it. I forgot how much I hated seeing Rangers win the league I yeah. forgot how much I hated it and we're not even talking about the fans we're talking about the rotten players the trophy at Ibrox even the look I'm a petty man right <laughs> there is just something so tacky about red, white and blue oh, yeah. it's revol- It's repulsive to me it's seeing red, it, white and blue
0: it's the flag it's the butcher's it, apron and it just triggers it triggers I, something I, deep I'm, down I'm not going yeah
2: that, there's that Stephen but see this, see the the, the red, white, and blue—just the primary colours, red, white, and blue. I don't know if they are primary colours, but who knows, right? <laughs> that just schemes to me Sports Direct. <laughs> that that <laughs> screams to me Sports Direct mug. That's what that is, and that's yeah. what their whole trophy thing reeked of. And I'm um, just I'm um, repulsed by it. And then their fans—the um, most obvious thing in the world, oh. Stephen. I think you tweeted from our account something along the lines of, "What was it? They're, they're completely incapable." Of not being raging, what was
0: it? I just, I can't remember exactly. Was was completely incapable of celebrating without being raging? Because I mean, like football fans get angry. but It's been thrown back at Celtic fans that I be used through a fence, at a bus, or whatever the oh. hell it was. But the entire point of that was that it was a protest, and protests, by the very nature, by definition are about anger, about <laughs> making making a, a point in anger. Mm. It doesn't matter if it goes too far or anything like that, right? Uh, that's not the point I'm trying to make, but a protest is by its very nature angry. Why is your celebration angry? Why are you oh. so happy you're raging? Why are the so i you're raging? Smashing each other's uh, heads in with balls? Got to go and jump in <laughs> each other's heads. That's exactly what we are planning to do. This is our end of season party, so we're all going to absolutely... Batter our heads in after this. <laughs> after this, get pissed up and bottle each other. Ten years,
2: Melly. Just about. We've won everything. No once have we done that. No once. No even came close. No,
1: not at all. And I think there's. I always say there's two levels. There's Huns and there's Rangers fans. And like we know what they're like. And again, going back to it, at the weekend, you could knew it was coming. Every single say. Every yeah. single person out there would go. There'll be trouble tonight. Why is that? Because we know what's going to happen. A club built on hate, it's the only thing they know. The only thing they know is anger. Even when they're celebrating, it has to be anger. It has to be something done about it now. Those are shameful, shameful scenes, and it's not the minority. It's not a small... And this happens every time they go out and do this. Every time. It happened a few weeks ago. It happened during lockdown with a stupid statue shagging as well. It's (laughs) hatred, (laughs) hatred, anti-Catholic bigotry. And people are just scared to say it. They just go, oh, it's, it's just this, that, pandering to it. The SFA pandered to it. I think the government sort of pandered to it as if it's just a small bunch. No, it's not. It's probably the majority
2: of them. It's mental. In 2021, you've got people whose pastime is rampaging through the streets, talking about hating Catholics. And we just don't have anyone seemingly in government or in the football association. Just Steve, they just come out. They just should come out and call it what it is. And the longer they say these aren't football
0: fans. Oh God. I've just shifted my seat there. That That is the cop
2: out of all cop outs. The SFA and they're not real fans. no, What you're doing is you're absolving them. What you're saying is, when you say they are no football fans, what you're saying is, there's absolutely nothing we can do about this problem because those people aren't football fans. (laughs) Well, what you need to say is, how the fuck do
0: we solve this problem? Because these are football fans. See the the football fans thing? They're they're not football fans. I hate that, right? They're not Rangers fans. I I, I hate it on any side. Uh, See, whenever that is dragged up, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's, I don't know, some some racist Russian team or whatever, whatever the case it <laughs> is, right? Do you know one, one of these things yeah. that comes along in some f- yeah. vile fan group just misbehaves? Are oh, these guys aren't real football fans? And, and the latest one is Rangers. There, that is the only thing we know about them. That is the, literally the only yeah. thing that is not a variable. It is not an unknown. They are football fans. That's the only reason we're talking about them. It's the one thing, the single detail that links all of them. Everyone in that crowd was a football fan. There's absolutely there's no getting away from it. Apart from the football gear, the songs, spending all their time and money on football, the season tickets. Apart from that, these yeah. guys are not football fans. I don't. If this was a know police investigation
2: is. where they had. You know how they have like the, they have the pin board and then they have all the f- pictures and the red string, right? you would sit down and the start of this investigation would be right what do we know and at the centre of that would be (laughs) Rangers fans (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) before a piece of string is put anywhere before there's another picture pinned up to that board the centre would be Rangers fans okay what else do we know and it's and and do you know what it's always Rangers fans it is always Rangers fans and the reason it's always Rangers fans is because when they do it they get let off with it and it's that simple they have not been punished they were punished by UEFA and their stadium was closed for racist chanting. They then come out and have this big Glen Kamara, weird anti-racism thing. And I said at the time, I'm so glad to see Rangers take a stand against racism. And I said on this podcast, because it's going to come and bite them in the arse. Now, yeah. Rangers fans have been on video all weekend singing racist songs, racist chants directed well, towards Irish Catholics. That's the this. problem, isn't it? It's and always
1: not- sectarian chants. Instead of just coming out and saying it's racist chance it will always be, ah, it's sectarian, that's, that's not quite as bad, is it? Mm. But whereas anywhere else would go, that's racist, and call it for what it is, we we pander to it and go, oh, it's just
2: sectarian, it's, it's part of the i made up culture, a special yeah. word for it here in Scotland, we call it sectarian, but Rangers should be right out, just like they'd be going to come out right out and condemning this, instead of this mealy mouth pish, but obviously you can't do that, because that's their customers.
0: Yeah, yeah and the, the easiest thing in the world as well would be to... Listen to this and look at us, our your reaction to this, and be like, ah, oh, sour grapes. You are gutted. You are heavy raging there's, there's, there's oh, that this Rangers won the league. You won the honest, league months so. ago. You won the league about six months ago. I don't care mm. about that. It's, we're, we're specifically mentioning that carry on in Saturday night, which was an absolute disgrace. I, I've not no got any silver grapes about losing the league anymore. I came to terms, terms of that a long time ago. It's just that, that absolute fiasco we saw once again. It's every few weeks, it seems like now as well. <laughs> I'm
2: just glad I'm glad it's over. But there was a video circulating on social media, supposedly about the players singing "Sweet Caroline" with the the line "Fuck the Pope in it" or whatever. Rangers have come out and said that this video has been doctored, which is you're laughing. Look, super easy to clear this up. Rangers just shows the original. <laughs> Whoever filmed it will have the original, so just yeah. shows it. If it's been doctored, it, this could be cleared up by the time this podcast out. will go here's the original. So what we'll do is we'll just leave that there because Rangers will undoubtedly be at pains to release the original video and the video does show guys like sticking the middle finger up and giving the Vickies at the particular point where it is rumoured that they've sang Fuck the Pope. Might be sheer coincidence. Might be sheer coincidence. Um, and, you know, I heard, from a wee, I heard from a wee mouse that told me that Alan, Alan McGregor had a lovely party at his house. Um, and there was, you know, everything was above board there as well. The songs were all above board at Alan McGregor's but You couldn't hear them from the street um, at Alan McGregor's <laughs> bit, apparently. So that's the Huns. Now, there's only one thing left to do for this season Stephen this end of season every season when the season kicks off and it's become a bit of a special a speciality for me I must say i become no bad at it we it's sit down talk. and we <laughs> a clock is right once a season Mel, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Um we pick our or we state rather our bold predictions this has become a 20 minute Tim's tradition every season we sit down and we have bold predictions we also pick our young player and player of the year, who we think is going to win these things. Now, I'm going to run through them, give you guys an opportunity to react. Are
0: you you opening the envelope? Are you opening the glittery envelope
2: right now? No, no, it's not glittery. It's Brendan Rodgers' envelope where he wrote down three names of people that were going to disappoint him. So, Melly, your bold predictions, as predicted back in August, for young player of the year, which we always start with, was Jeremy Frimpong. Right? Mm. Stephen, you're young player of the year. Prediction, David Turnbull.
0: Oh, mm. there we go. That's one on the board. I'm happy <laughs> now. I, I'm not going home empty-handed. I've I've got not, one on the board.
2: Uh, and my uh, my young player of the year was uh, Pong. Nobody uh. picked um, player of the year. Stephen, you picked McGregor. I picked <laughs> Edward for player of the year. Melly, however, <clears throat> Martin Melly, football expert, brains of twenty-minute times. Football Celtic rain man, knows his stuff. He's, how many coaching courses have you been on, Melly? How many hours of coaching? Hundreds of oh, hours of too coaching. Too many to name, mate, too many to name. You, you know you're not a player when you see one, who did you think was going to be Celtic's player of the year? Mr Shane Duffy,
1: thank you. <laughs> Shane, Shane Duffy.
0: Shane Duffy. <laughs> player of the year.
2: Right, okay. <laughs> Stephen. Yes. <laughs> right, here's your... Bold predictions from the beginning <laughs> least, of the season.
0: I can't lose now. At least I can't <laughs> no, lose. Don't I can't come bottom of
2: table. <laughs> enough a Right, here we go. Yes. Celtic to blow the chance to win the league at Celtic Park. Now, losing the first Glasgow Derby at Celtic Park might have been that. We just didn't realise at the time.
0: Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I don't think we there... were ever top of the league after that point. No. Were we? <laughs> no. My thoughts there were, were that they were going to channel 1998, basically. So uh, mm. my, my prediction was that we were going to blow the chance to win the league away from home by maybe dropping a wee draw and then get the chance to bring it back to Celtic Park with the fans on board and everything, and win it there, win it at home. Oh, that that was my, my idea there. But uh, no, I think we can possibly, I don't know, give me a half point for that maybe? <laughs> mm, okay, well, we could be technically correct. Um,
2: you also had a Shane Duffy bold prediction. It was cool. Shane Duffy to score against Rangers and to outscore James Forrest. Uh,
0: do you know what? I'm, I'm not mad at that. That was quite close, it wasn't it? Was it? I think it? he got two, James Forrest get four maybe. That mm. uh, wasn't it too bad. Stephen, your final bold prediction was Stephen Gerrard to win
2: five Manager of the Month awards, but not Manager of the Year. <laughs> right, okay. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how many Manager of the Month awards, in fact, it might be the opposite. Did he only win one? Did he win two Manager of the Months? But he definitely won Manager of the Year.
0: He won four. They won four Manager ah, right. of the <laughs> Month and then won the Manager of the Season as well. So, so not, not too bad. I, I was obviously very optimistic there that he would be Lionized by the the award givers, the award bods, and but still Celtic would win the league. But there we are, Melly, your bold predictions,
2: (laughs) fucking hell. (laughs) We need this one, right? (laughs) By the way, just for the benefit of the listeners, we've not rehearsed this, so the guys can't really remember their bold predictions. As me just revisiting the bag and I was, Melly, you predicted that Edward and Albina Yeti would get how many goals between them? I have no idea.
0: 53? <laughs> <laughs> How many was it in total? Like 21 or something like that? <laughs> Don't even, I no, I'm, I'm probably be 25. Oh, right, okay. You also <laughs> half that that?
2: You, you, you'll get half a point here because you said Clamala and Soro will head back out on load. Now, Clamala left the club, so I'll give you half right. a point hmm. that. You also said that Brendan Rogers would be back at Celtic Park in one form or another no he, he didn't I, if I can remember I don't the think ten he did. Party,
0: the 10 in a row party Brendan yeah. Rodgers will be back on the pitch
2: or, or it was oh. the Europa League or something Ellie, yeah, wasn't I it? I was so like, it would be half decent which they weren't right okay my my bold predictions here we go no Celtic player or manager will, will win any of the player of the year awards now very close very close Odds on Edward to have his highest scoring year <laughs> as a Celtic player I, I think that was last season wasn't it Meli he, nah, he didn't beat last season's got, total yeah. and Neil Lennon's last season as Celtic <laughs> manager as predicted at the beginning of the year now admittedly oh. Meli, so that wasn't bold because my logic here was if he wins the 10 he's going to go if he loses the 10 he has to go so yeah. that was that was, a, that was a bit of a a win-win for me so that's the bold predictions now <laughs> This isn't the last flagship podcast of the season. We will be back with the flagship podcast when Celtic make a managerial announcement. We will release a flagship podcast the following Monday, whenever that might be. Might be next Monday. Hope it's next Monday. The coverage will continue on Patreon throughout the closed season with Project Rebuild, scouting, the Neil years, the pub quiz. We're going to be doing stuff for the Euros. We're going to launch a whole summer programme That'll be released in the next week or so for you guys. If you want to check that out, patreon.com slash 20 minute And look, if you just like what we do on the Monday podcast and you just want to support us a little bit and you're not too fussed about the extra content, which a lot of people do, patreon.com slash 20 minute You can support us from about two quid a month on there if you want to help us keep the wheels rolling on this here. Flagship. Ships don't have wheels, Stephen.
0: <laughs> no, no, they do not. And, uh, if they did, ours would have come off long ago. Uh, <laughs> yes. Going by this season, but yeah, I mean, if this is the I suppose this is the uh, the final proper flagship of mm-hmm. the season, in that we were vaguely talking about football in there somewhere. That's all closed. The book on that is closed. Thankfully, I've hired a mariachi band to party now that we're finished. See finally before the band kicks season. in. No, oh, Stephen,
2: I've just uh, Millie gives a good idea there. I was just thinking, why don't we just pick not the best moment of the season, but the one moment where it all went tits <laughs> <up. laughs> on. Mo- what, what, the most
1: ridiculous one, which of all the ridiculous ones, and there was a lot of ridiculous ones, would you say is the most ridiculous one? It's a, it's a
2: hard, it's a hard shoot. That did one. I imagine this right? Because there's been so much happened this season or was there basically a huge groundswell of opinion that Neil Lennon should have been sacked but the board came out with a statement and backed him when it was the most <laughs> obvious thing in the world that he was a failing football manager did that, that happen or did that, that was that was, was that a nightmare
1: That was around the same time where they
2: said the season wasn't an unmitigated disaster was yes. it yes, <laughs> yes that yes. for me is the that for me was probably the most ridiculous but it was so obvious to everybody that Neil Lennon should have been relieved of his duties the board came out and back to the man and it cost us the league. So that for me is probably, that's it. That's the captain of the Titanic ignoring the iceberg.
0: I'd love to have the discussion now because now everything, there's nothing, there's nothing left. The football is over. So 25 points behind in the league out of every competition, near enough the first goal, either the first or second round, and pretty much everything we entered out of the league by Pretty much like November or something like that, and then mm. eventually twenty-five points clear. Still got, hanging on to the old uh, mitigation here, mitigating circumstances <laughs> where we're, yes. we're still fine, not a disaster.
2: Melly, what was your what was the moment for you that was the, the the worst of all this season?
1: There's so so many, and just the one that sticks out is Dubai. To go to Dubai <laughs> mm. during a global, global pandemic, nineteen points behind your biggest rivals. And then for it to come out, oh, Christopher Julian's caught the coronavirus. And for me personally to think, oh, that's fine. He's injured. He won't be there. No, (laughs) Celtic brought an injured player (laughs) to Dubai for whatever reason. And that was it. And just after that, it just went from disaster to uh, unbelievable disaster after unbelievable disaster. Even to the point where Peter Law had to come out and pretend he was apologising at his heated desk. It was utterly
0: <laughs> shameful, man. Stephen? Well, not Were only you? was Christopher Julian injured, he was on crutches. Remember the picture of him <laughs> trying to get down the stairs at the airport and all that? So he, was, he was on wooden legs. It was oh, just incredible. And then the it picture is Dubai, isn't it? It is Dubai. The picture I, of Lennon and Scott I, Brown sitting there straight away, Paint. I said at the time that that picture of the two of them was going to exist as a monument to the failure of this season for Mm. all time now you said that at the time eh? yeah and it pretty much has that is the moment it's still the moment that things first went off the rails of course it wasn't we'd already you know pretty much chucked the league in long before the winter break or it wasn't even a really what a winter break was Mm. it was just they managed to squeeze in a trip to Dubai despite the fact there wasn't a winter break but that was this that's Always, the moment that's going to sum it up for this season is Dubai and the absolute catastrophe that came off the back of that, and the optics of it, or the baby and all that, and pictures of them. There was a picture of Shane Duffy with what looked like about four empty pint glasses piled up <laughs> beside him. remember the one, the pictures of them indoors Aye. as well. And I was like, ah, "This is it. that. This is that's the silliest moment of the season for me." Well, we get beat four-one on three separate occasions this season. <laughs> So, uh, Rangers and Sparta practice. Sparta. And those Amazing. for me,
2: those Sparta games are the worst results probably of the Dang. season. That, that was abject. That was absolutely abject. And I'd have taken abject. That was worse. The, well, I couldn't think of a word worse than abject. No, <laughs> Neither really could sorry. me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Uh, and on that, let's listen. Um, we just want to say thank you to you guys. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us this season. We know Celtic has been an absolute chore. We'd really appreciate all your support, particularly to the people who support us on Patreon and allow us to cover Celtic and all the various and many and varied ways that we do we'd really really appreciate it we're so thankful for everyone on Patreon and everyone and everyone who's not on Patreon if you retweet us or you leave us a review or any in any way that you support the podcast we we see it and we are very very thankful for it
0: yeah absolutely exactly what I started saying but before we kind of branched into it I'm glad we did though I'm glad we detoured into the the moments of the season (laughs) Mm. but I was was just about to say that yeah we're, we're extremely grateful for all, all the support this season, it has not been easy. It has not been easy at all. It's not been easy to turn up every week and sit in these chairs and basically say the same thing for about four months solid. But we we got there eventually. Looks like we've made it to the end, as Blur once said. So it's it's finally over and it's just a genuine thanks to everyone who's listened because you know, I wouldn't have blamed anyone for just drifting away from Celtic altogether this season just thinking... Let's, I'm going to ignore it and hope everything turns out alright next season.
1: Yeah, obviously I'd like to extend my thanks as well. It's been the toughest and I, I just think it it has been the worst season ever. It has been so bad <laughs> and because of like social media and that it's just constant you're constantly entrenched in it but at the same time you're sort of getting each other through it, aren't you? It's just it's just you have to get through it. We have yeah. to get to the end. It could have been No, it couldn't have it been any worse. worse. <laughs> It literally couldn't keep the manager on for so long. 25 points to buy everything. But we've made it to the end and we're thankful for everybody's support.
0: We went through every phase as well together. All all of us. I'm not talking about us, but us, of course, and the extended 20-minute Tim's family. mm -hmm. (laughs) All the screaming 20 miniacs worldwide, brother. Um, We went through the phases where it was gallows humour. It was Mm. that first you know, when things start going really badly, as a football fan, there's that kind of shared, oh, this is murder, is it? Then you can have a wee joke about it. And it went so beyond that. It was unbelievable. It, it just became abject misery. There's another appearance for that word. It became so bad. Then it got funny again. And then it was terrible. And then it was terrible. And then it was worse. And here we are. Here we are at the end. So, yeah, you know, we, we got there together. And on that bombshell, we will end. Thank you so much for listening.